song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our song of Ice and Fire book club. It is time for Raven's Nest. Yes. Yeah, once again, uh, back with Raven's Nest, where we allow you guys, um, yes, we invite you to come to sit down. You know, we have like a meet over at the end at the crossroads, and we'll all just kind of, yeah. yeah, you know, sit around a table, share some mead, share some food, and uh, <laughs> talk about some theories and the goings on in the world of Ice and Fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Sir Matt, how you been here recently? Been all right? Yeah, I've been good, man. Um, yesterday, I want to give a big shout out here to uh, Lady um, I think it's Adrian and Sir Kyle mm-hmm. of House Dillard. Uh, they actually hooked me up with a ticket. I think they were they were going to go. They live in uh, Salem, Oregon, which is about uh, it's about an hour south of Portland. Yeah. And uh, they were going to go to Wizard uh, Wizarding World, which is a convention this week, uh, this weekend at the convention center. And they hooked me up with one of their their tickets because they, they couldn't go. So I got to go walk around. It was a lot of fun. Um, got to see a lot of cosplayers, some other uh, people. Jason Mo was there. Unfortunately, I did not get to see him. Uh, you know, Cal Drogo, because yeah. the line was uh, incredibly, incredibly long. Um, <laughs> there was like the girl who plays Supergirl in the TV show was there. Like almost the entire cast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, was, nice. Was there? Uh, so it was cool. Just walking around. I bought some. Uh, some. There's some guys are selling some Game of Thrones stickers. Got some of those. They're just sigils, but got like House Manderly and um, House Frey and House Connington and House Dundarian and stuff like that. So and the one true king, yeah. Stannis Baratheon. Uh, right. Had to get, yeah, I definitely <laughs> had to get one of those. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So in House Targaryen, obviously. But uh, yeah, so super, super cool. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank, give them a huge uh, thank you for letting me use that ticket because it was a lot of fun. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's really cool. I'm glad you got to go to that. And um, we're looking forward to going to more, you know, conventions and things here in the mm-hmm. future. So that's awesome. All right. Um, well, real quickly, I just want to, if it's okay with you, Sir Matt, um, Topics before we we have something huge to talk about here, but um, yeah. I'm going to list the topics that we'll be talking. Kind of a table of contents here for the whole show. We've got some big ravens uh, to discuss. We've got questions like, "Is the Lord of Light uh, real?" Um, <laughs> little discussion on the prince who is promised and a, and a special uh, individual who may be the prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, Lord Varys and his knowledge of John's parents. Uh, will John ride a dragon? Uh, it could be book or show there. Thoughts on the dragon glass, um, you know, and who buried that there at the Fist of the First Men. So we got some good comments there from Lord Adam Parker and uh, the forging of Lightbringer. So a lot of good topics to come, but I think we want to start with something that, you know, trumps all of that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that would be the wall coming down. In yeah. a uh, in a trailer uh, that we saw <laughs> at H- at HBO yeah. at HBO trailer uh, just released it was um, I don't know earlier today I guess and it was a it's another one of these HBO trailers right where uh-huh. they show off a lot of the things that they're gonna be having come out later this year um, we saw some other stuff. I don't know if there was Westworld in there, but there was like Veep and some of the other big shows, the Deadwood sure. movie. And so when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's just like old footage because I was kind of like, whatever. I was just kind of sifting through it to find, trying to find the Game of Thrones stuff. And I just saw a dragon fl- and um, I was like, well, OK, whatever. And so then I but then when it was when I saw the Deadwood footage of the Deadwood movie. Uh, which is another yep. you know, another show Sir Ezra and I are big fans of. I was like, wow, that's that's wait, that's new footage. And so uh-huh. then I went back and I was like, oh, my God, there's new Game of Thrones footage here. 
And right. uh, it starts with a little Game of Thrones. It starts with um, ravens kind of flying over the wall, uh, just like doesn't look like they're going. They're just kind of flying above the wall, right? Uh, my guess mm-hmm. is perhaps maybe that's Bran, right? Like looking and seeing what's happening at the wall, like scout scouting or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we get some footage of Unsullied marching in at least the north. It's certainly cold. It looks like Winterfell. I think it's safe to presume it is Winterfell. And uh-huh. uh, a dragon flying above. And then a shot of Arya like, and people around her. And all the people are scared and backing up. And she's just kind of looking at the dragon like – mesmerized right right yeah it's it's pretty interesting um and i think so people were even talking in the facebook group as to whether or not that footage at the end is new or old would it be you know kind of like it you had said originally that you thought it was kind of last season's uh footage but the more i I look at it the more i look at once i got a second chance to kind of look at it yeah yeah. i realized no this is not so yeah so that's kind of neat i mean just looking at the beginning of this uh, uh, feature and then the end with the wall, some really cool stuff. So did we want to get just some, just a rundown, get everybody's thoughts on that? I hope, hopefully we'll see. I know Lord Adam Parker uh, and um, Sir David have, have looked at it, uh, Sir Peter as well. So mm-hmm. we could talk to those guys maybe and see what they think of the uh, new footage. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to start with Sir Peter here uh, just because yeah. we, we were talking to him kind of first about this. So I want to give him an opportunity. So uh, all right, you are live, Sir Peter here. Uh, yeah, so yeah, what we were talking about this earlier, yeah. Uh, sure. Um, really interesting footage. Uh, obviously, the new footage of the Ravens go- that was at Castle Black or over by Eastwatch, um, yeah. which is really interesting. Um, and I'm under the impression, going to the forwarding to the area scene, that uh, it is a dragon that's appearing because everybody is scared behind her and area is kind of smirking mm-hmm. um, in a way, like very excited. It could be, you know, the dragon coming to help. Uh, who knows? But it's really interesting. Right, right. Yeah, is that – and so uh, when you look at that dragon, that's the, the first little bit where it's where it's flying over. People are kind of, as you said, scared there. Where is that? I mean I I, I, I think we originally said we all thought Winterfell. Um, is, is that where that's at? Where, is that what that looks like? It appears so. Um, when you're looking at the dress of, or, or the clothing of the people around her, uh, mm-hmm. They dress similar to the the people who are of Winterfell, um, okay. as you've seen in the previous season. So mm-hmm. um, I'm under the impression that it is Winterfell. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I think we did, you know, Sir Matt, we kind of thought, right, that this is where, you know, winter will fall. It's the idea that we're uh, getting all these troops up here. But uh, Sir, Sir Peter, where uh, – how did the, – are these the Unsullied, right? Yeah. This, that show yeah. up here? Yeah. yeah so yeah, – so, where were they in the end of last season? When did we see them last and where were they, you know? Um, weren't they uh, over by, oh gosh, uh, Castle Rock? They were. It was. It's a little muddy, the timeline, because I would believe uh, they were at Castle Rock and then in the last episode, um, they were uh, marching on Greenland. Okay. Um, dragons flying overhead, and then um, Daenerys ended up arriving, you know, um, at the mm-hmm. dragon pit. But it, I guess she, as they say, okay. to see where, you know, her, her army and everything. Um, it's kind of unclear where, where they are, but yeah, um, okay. I'm assuming because they're, they're, they're probably going to be jumping some timelines here, 
that they'll have the ships and take everybody and move all their forces forward to, to Winterfell, especially that uh, Daenerys said that she's committed to fighting the army of the dead um, as compared to uh, trying to secure the, uh, the Iron Throne. Right. Okay. Awesome. All right. Cool yeah. beans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, if my, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to somebody else here. Like maybe, um, yeah. let's, let's, who do we want to do here? Let's do Lord Adam Parker, but, uh, all right. So I have him live. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, my thing is, so we know that we have the footage of, of, um, Sansa talking to Daenerys, right? Mm -hmm. And so is that Arya footage before or after? Does does Sansa show up? Is there? Is it like? Is it Daenerys? Does Daenerys march in with her army and somebody tells Sansa, "Oh, they're here," or is it like we see Daenerys show up and then we see the dragon and the army? I think that I don't know. I'm looking at it. I have it on my screen right now. I just paused it where Arya yeah. her face is lit up and. I guess she doesn't look like she just came from battle because at first I was thinking maybe this is the uh, the Night King coming through on the ice dragon mm -hmm. and everyone's running away and she's just like, oh, this is pretty sick. Mm -hmm. um, right? Like, do we think that that's good? They're going to battle there at Winterfell. She's there. She's going to see, you know, some sort of army of the dead, I think. So that's what I was thinking it was. Gotcha. Uh, uh, but it could be, yeah, maybe they do march in and maybe it's the dragons overhead and uh you know it's 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 Dan Daenerys coming right in um mm -hmm. the very opening scene um again I, I think a lot of these shots that we're seeing is all the first five ten minutes you know I, I don't yeah, think I yeah like I don't like I, I I've was watching a trailer for something or um what was it? it's like an end game trailer mm -hmm. and you know they do put they mix it up a little uh, from the beginning of the movie a little bit from the end of the movie but mm -hmm. i can't see hbo doing this you know i i think that they don't want to give anything away i think right all the scenes that they're ever going to show is spoiler free you know first 10 minutes of the of the whole season yeah mm -hmm. so i agree with you guys probably daenerys coming in with her dragons um you know she's she's the main and everyone's running away i'm just watching it a few times uh, right in a, in a row here yeah um, on yeah. that yeah it's definitely cool you can definitely see i mean like i i, I like i just kind of like the shot the the aria shot and like everyone is like you know totally totally freaked out and then you have aria there kind of like just looking at it like she's like you know like happy or excited mm -hmm. yeah and she's not actually looking up as much as you would think she mm -hmm. is um but i in this pause that i got uh, an older gentleman Mm -hmm. behind her who kind of looks like the manderly mm -hmm. uh, guy um he's like looking really up so i think they're just coming in for a landing maybe um right and i think it's what it's i think yeah i so i think daenerys is going to come in and they're just going to be like oh like these these dragons are coming they're gonna take take over and then it ends up being friendly and yep. Arya's, is you know amazed maybe she sees john yeah, uh, maybe, maybe that I was thinking that too. Dragon. Yeah, maybe she maybe sees riding one of the dragons. Yeah, maybe she sees Jon Snow and that's that's like the look on her face of excitement. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Or could you uh, imagine if Arya doesn't see Jon Snow the entire uh in one of the oh. guys? <laughs> oh. Jeez. I, was thinking, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, what could HBO do 
you know, are they going to give us the fan service we des- desperately want? Or right. they're just going to be like, no, you guys can't have nice things. Well, oh, yeah, I hope not. Are just I hope not. Red, Red Wedding season one or episode one yeah, of season eight. One, like, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> then it's just Cersei battling King the, the rest of the five episodes. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, I'm underprepared for this. Golden Army comes in. Oh, my God. That'd be, awesome. That'd be nuts. Uh, all right. Let's grab uh, somebody else here. I'm going to grab. Um, yep. Let's grab uh, Sir David the Huntsman thoughts on the trailer yep. here so all right sir david you are live what's up boys hey so yeah i mean the uh <clears throat> as always you always get these little little tiny snippets mm-hmm. um one of the things that i started thinking about you remember uh it's actually been quite some time ago where we all sat down and did a uh sort of a group think about where all this was all going to come to a head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember yeah. Sir Ezra yeah. very vividly yeah. was like, oh, it's all the Trident. Yeah. And I was just yeah. thinking about everything in the North. Yeah. So first and foremost, remind me again, how many episodes are you getting? Six? Yeah. Okay. So first thing I, I was thinking, how quickly are we going to run through this whole Night King stuff? Right. Mm-hmm. Second, where are they going to meet? Because now you have, <clears throat> you have that, that shot of the unsullied with the dragon above him and looks all wintry and so forth. So, yeah. Do you think it's gonna end pretty quick? Are they gonna fight north? Are they even gonna come down to the south? Huh. You mean are they even? Yeah. So is it is it gonna be one? Is it gonna be one like epic battle with like the like the Night King and then and then it's. Or it's going to be like two battles, right? Like one battle with the Night King and then one battle with Cersei. Or is it the other way around? Is it going to just be one epic battle that everyone's involved in? Yeah. Is Cersei even going to be involved? Well, I I mean, I definitely think she's going to be involved some at some point. But I mean, I I mean, with the battle with the Night King, yeah. I got you. Yeah, with that, I don't know. I don't think so, personally. But I mean, you know, could go anyway. I mean, I think we've all been surprised in the past so right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was it was an it was an interesting shot and lord adam parker kind of said something else that i thought went with the aria little aria shot there yeah. I, w- I just instantly thought john riding in on a dragon right yeah so huh. yeah i think if john if they do that if john rides in on a dragon then i think that we're going to get a lot more of them on like the boat right because then like i think that would be kind of sure. cool if we get like john and daenerys as they're riding up and maybe john saying like this is how we need to enter Winterfell, you know, like, because this is my land, all this stuff. And then maybe mm-hmm. right. maybe we get some of that, like, you know, a little bit of a kind of a love story stuff. And it's like he rides a dragon, like, you know, or tries to ride a dragon while they're on the boat. You know what I mean? So you would have to have something because if he just shows up riding a dragon, uh, like, because like, then that means that all that the stuff of them entering Winterfell would be the end of episode one. Maybe right. not, not the not the beginning of episode one. It should be cool because then it's like then I don't know what the heck episode one else is about. I mean, Jamie riding north, you know. So mm-hmm. true, true. Yeah. Can, uh, can I hop in here real quick? Just say that, like, I think uh, you know, I, I was I'm worried about how when when John comes back to basically say that he's bent the knee, I, mm-hmm. I'm worried about how the North is going to take that. And if I were him, I think I might I might come in on a dragon and really. You know, show them that, like, hey, guys, like, you know, we got a couple dragons here. I was saved, you know, uh, by Daenerys. 
you know, I don't know. It might be easier to do all that all at once versus come back right. without them, you know, and and uh, explain everything. Because without the dragons there and Daenerys and everything, he might get a lot of, you know, um, might a, a lot of lip from the right. uh, northern, you know, lords there. So yeah, yeah. That, that's possible unless they're coming in as uh, you know king and queen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think which, which I hope they are. Yeah, but, but to me to me the only thing is um that would all be cool but then I but then you run the risk of ruining that kind of uh that kind of brand surprise that like oh hey by the way you're a Targaryen. You don't really know it but you're you're a, you're a Targaryen. And I think it would be cool if Bran told him and then you have him. I mean, at the end of the day I hope mm -hmm. I'm I'm fairly certain we're going to see John ride a dragon at some point. But I think mm -hmm. I think it would be cool if it was because he then finds out he's a he he's a Targaryen. If he's just riding a he rides a dragon, um, to do it. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might you know I think it would kind of ruin that. Oh, you're a Targaryen surprise. Um, yeah, I was thinking unless maybe he was riding with Daenerys. Do you think, right. Like when you see the Arya shot, do you think Hold it's John by are, himself? Are you telling me that Jon Snow is riding bitch? Cause let's not <laughs> get ahead of ourselves <laughs> here. Okay. He's, oh, a, he's, he's a progressive gentleman. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay, Thank no. you, David. That's, okay. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, can we get one more person in here and just maybe talk about um, yeah. that beginning and ending shot, you know, yeah. like uh, with yeah. the wall. Whether that's got, new footage. All right, yeah. Who else? Who else do we want to get in here? Um, uh, Seagram, Not new footage. Seagram. Yeah, Josephine. Yeah, Josephine, Lady Joe. Let's get her in here. Boom. All right, you are. Hello. Hey. Cool. Um. Yeah, I noticed it. Um, the opening shot is definitely of the wall with the ravens flying over it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's new footage or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and from what I can gather from the end shot right there at the end of the trailer, it looks like that's old shots from like right before right. the Night King broke through the wall. Because mm -hmm. in the span yeah. of about three seconds, you have a bunch of flashes. You have the Night King looking like he's ready to throw that spear that took out Viserion. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a shot of uh, Tormund Giant's Bane uh, looking, oh shit, this is going, getting real and everything. And then right. you have the wall collapsing. So it's hard to tell. I'm of the opinion that at least that ending shot is more of old footage that they're just trying to gain hype for what's right. coming. And, and yeah, build the tra keep the trailer a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't, I haven't seen that that um, gosh that the wall coming down in a long time, and it looks like it's a different angle to me. But but be. maybe it is. Maybe it is though. Uh, old old footage. I just I honestly can't remember it. I wish we would have had time to to watch that beforehand. Um, I'm even looking at the dragon that's riding over there and trying to see if there's anybody on its back. You know, if you get there's a one shot here where it looks like it's just super hard to see. Right. Uh, um, that is definitely Drogon with Daenerys clinging to his back. Is it okay? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Then yeah, maybe it. Yeah. Then it, then it, then it would be um some of that maybe as the as the dragon was flying away at the end. You know, he's got the spear there, right? Trying to. Get another shot in at this dragon, mm -hmm. huh? Wow, it's something else. Oh, I see. I actually, there's a good shot. Yeah, at, at like 135, uh, at least in the link that we put in there for everybody, where you can really see the dragon a lot better. Mm -hmm. Huh? Okay. Cool. All right, that's awesome. All right. Okay. Let's see. Do we want to go to uh, Lady Liz maybe and, and see if she has any just thoughts real quickly on the um, yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady Liz here. Is this uh, this, is this top one here at the top? No, she might be at work. So she I mean, said I'm she's not sure. at work. And we're going to unmute her here. See, maybe. She said, uh, oh, she's got herself muted here. So. Okay, all right, yeah, no worries. She said so she's going to be in and, out, in and out at work, which is fine. So, well, we'll look for some comments from her later then. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. Um, yes, okay, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick here before we jump into some of the Ravens uh, is kind of a follow-up. Something I noticed as, I, as I'm going through my rewatch here, last week in the chapter, we were talking about um, Sirio Pharrell and Arya, right? Yeah. Um, and we were talking about Sirio Pharrell. Uh, you know, this is when he kind of runs away. And, well, no, he not Sirio Pharrell, but he fights Marin Trant and Arya runs mm-hmm. away. And we, Sir Ezra and I were talking about, um, you know, the, the possibility of Sirio beating Marin Trant. Um, and whether you're a fan of the, uh, is Sirio Jacken theory, I think there's, you could also just start with, is Sirio dead theory? Is, is Sirio alive? And something I noticed when I was watching, uh, season three, episode one of Game of Thrones, um, this is after the Battle of the Blackwater, and um, Tyrion is in his new room, right? Remember, his, his Tywin has come in. He is now the Hand of the King, and Tyrion yeah. has moved to this bottom room here, and he tells – you know, people, a few people throughout the episode come in to visit him as he's kind of healing. You see uh, Varys, and I believe it's – he tells Varys, hey, go get Bronn for me. He's my protection. Um, and then we see Shay come in. He talked to her a little bit, and then Cersei comes in, and then we – you get like a, a scene of what's going on out in the hallway, and it's Bronn uh, is walking up to Tyrion's room, and Marin Trant's there with two other gold cloaks, I think. And mm-hmm. you know, Marin Trant's like, you know, stay away, like you're not getting in there. It's because Cersei's in there, but Bronn doesn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. And so Bronn walks up to all three of these guys, and he had they have a shot of his back, and he's got his hand on like a dagger, and he's just gonna walk up like, no problem, yeah, I'll take you on. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, no problem. Like, not scared of him at all. And then Cersei walks out. And so he's, you know, he moves his hand aside because uh, he realizes mm-hmm. kind of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But so to me, there's another thing where even Braun is not worried about fighting Marin Trant or these other two guys. Like, all three, yeah. three guys at once, let alone Sirio Pharrell with his wooden sword or not, um, you know, is clearly easy, is quick enough to be able to dodge Sir Marin Trant stuff, pick up a real sword if he had to. Um, so I think that that is definitely, um, that is, there's definitely some more validity to it. Uh, just because that may just be a, a show nod, right, of it building Braun as a character. But sometimes, again, we get these we get these scenes in the show um, because the books are all POV that I think are kind of cool and help kind of build the characters. And it, it may be something that the showrunners did um, to kind of flesh out stuff that they tied talked with Gurr about or um, – Whatever, yeah. Any boy, any any boy horror with a sword could be three Marin Trance. So I guess my question is: Is that another? Does do you, Sir Ezra, to you? Does that add yeah. any validity to the idea of Sir Mar- of of Sirio being alive? Uh, yeah, and actually, yeah, it does. So two things: uh, what you saw there in the show, and then actually what happens later today. We're going to record the Sansa chapter, and you encounter a lot more of the, um. The White Cloaks and the Kingsguard. And it mentions a couple different times one of them having a dead face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it mentions their face and just the way they look. And I thought, wow, there's something there. Maybe, maybe um, we just don't know what happened at the end. There was Syria. Did other guards show up? Did he take somebody out? Did he take on somebody else's, you know, uh, face, appearance, or what have you? Uh, but yeah, I totally think 
that you know when, when you're talking about Braun walking up to 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 so three of these, as you said, uh, mm-hmm. Kingsguard and not being afraid of them, ought to show you something. I don't think he would do that to Sir Barrison Selmy mm-hmm. and a Jamie Lannister in his prime, um, you know, just to get in to see his. You know, uh, his dwarf friend who's backing him, who's got the gold, who he's sticking close to so he can get a lordship and a title and all sorts of things. Uh, but, yeah, I totally think he, he could have – he was ready to jab that dagger right into his throat and just take those other two guys out and not bat an eye. So that that's also Braun who is, I think, uh, you know, undervalued um, and, and is definitely uh, very skilled. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, do we want to talk about that one a little bit, or do you just want to go ahead and move on to the? Oh uh, yeah. So uh, just real quickly, I just wanted to say uh, just a shout out to Sir, Sir uh, Brunos the Broad um, of the City of Broad Shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the book is mightier than the Homebox uh, office. There, that's that's just hilarious. So he just was giving us a quick shout out here. If you're in the doc, you can read the whole thing. Just sort of talking about how he found the show a couple months ago, and. Um, really enjoying it and kind of compared us to some of the other podcasts out there. And I really liked his comparison, just that uh, a lot of folks are your advanced, your AP course, you know, for mm-hmm. a song of ice and fire. And I feel like Sir Matt and I uh, have just taken the approach of, of trying to, um, we like to wait. We're a bunch of hedge knights. We've never yeah. said that we're, you know, maesters. And so we like to wade through this with you guys together, learn from each other and really, you know, create that community. And so that's why Raven's nest, to me is so cool because we're bringing on folks here who actually uh, have done their homework and who have, you know, looked into the text, looked into the show and have thoughts on these um, topics we're going to discuss today. So uh, just a, a quick little shout out to him and if, you know, for pointing that out and it kind of fit in with the theme of Raven's nest. So yeah, that's all we needed to do there. So awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go over to our first uh, kind of big Raven here is the Lord of light real. Um, yeah. Who sent us this one? Uh, Maglum. Maglum. The Westward Warlock. Yeah. Your local warlocks bids you a fond uh, greetings, my lords, Matt and Ezra. I I heard that you were in need of ravens at your holdfast, and so I decided to send one in. I send this question... this, this, I send this question, uh, divinity. Many assume and speak of the Lord of Light, the God of the Red Priest, as if his existence were a uh, definite thing. But I ask why? Oh, indeed, uh, this, some priests may perform great magic in his name, like Melisandro's <laughs> Shadow's baby. But that, uh, but that trick, I believe, is one she may have learned in a shy as a shadow binder. I mean, she is mm-hmm. literally binding. Uh, Binding a shadow, mm-hmm. uh, glamours. Yeah. Well, those are used by other sorcerers. Even when magic was at in its weakest, Brandon Rivers was also able to successfully glamour himself in the Mystery Night. Uh, is raising the dead the will of the Lord of Light, or simply another form of sorcery? The others can effectively raise the dead as well. That's a very, very, mm-hmm. very good point that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. talk about. That I, yeah, that's a very, very good point. Yeah. And despite what Crasser may say, I doubt they are true gods. Seeing the future in fire is hardly a un, uh, uniquely special power either. Valyrians with their dragon dreams, the green seers, even us warlocks are all able to glimpse what is uh, to be in different ways. What I'm trying to say is that despite all this magic, there's no definite proof that the Lord of Light is real. I believe that R'hllor may simply be a personification of magic, especially that born from the dragons. That is beloved to be a divine entity by certain peoples. Then again, uh, what God is there truly uh, definitive proof for? I suppose it's all just a matter of faith in the end. 
Truth mm-hmm. cuts deepest. Maglum, the Westward Warlock. P.S. Yeah. Finally caught up with the podcast. You guys are still awesome. Loving it so much. Even if my voice did sound really weird on Radio's <laughs> Nest. I don't know. Uh, no, that's I don't, awesome. I don't think so there. but Sounded good. Yeah. So, um, all right. Who uh, who wants to raise their hand and help us tag, tag this one? If you guys leave a comment. In the- I think – yeah, I think Lord Adam Parker has some thoughts here, and um, yeah. I have something. Right, I'm going to actually... unmute him here. So yeah, yeah, and... awesome. Yeah, I wanted to say that I think raising people from the dead is much more than a parlor trick. You know, mm-hmm. Thoros of Mir, who doesn't believe in any of the Red Priest training, was able to raise Beric Dondarrion from the dead, and he mentioned before that he's tried it a few other times. But with Barrack was the first time that he came back. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think of the books, Jon Snow is going to come back uh, from the dead as well. And, you know, it's having someone die, you know, John, John in the show, at least was dead for a while and then coming back is much more powerful than magic or an illusion. You know, it's you can't trick somebody because you're mm-hmm. you're there. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, I think that the God of Death is having a little bit more power you know the night king the knight's king uh, might be acting on his behalf um so i think that the lord of light is starting to bring a more active role um and uh to keep the balance you know from dark and light i I believe that yeah there's two gods or you know or yeah right yeah well, Lord Adam Parker, would you say too that like um, – because when I was reading that, I was thinking to myself, okay, so the the others uh, – the point that Maglum was making is that the others were – had the ability to raise uh, the dead. But I think it's – as you're saying, they have that ability through, let's say, uh, the great other or, or what have you. You know, their their god um, is using – you know, giving them that power, that ability. Uh, and then also, you know, R'hllor would then be kind of increasing um, – his priests, I guess, the red priest, giving them more powers. As you say, Thoris uh, at one point has tried it, didn't work back in the day, but now there's a need for it or something, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think that the the others have the, the power, that power yeah. to raise someone from the dead. And obviously you can see it in both both sides. There are zombies, they're being raised from the dead still. And then, um, you know, and then the good guys are being brought back to life. Yeah, and... I never thought about this, but like, um, I guess when you look at like that, the way we look at the R'hllor and and the, um, I guess the more I've learned about it, and the the great other being the opposite, right? They both have the ability to raise the dead. I'm thinking of other faiths, you know, the seven and other uh, gods or deities, and do they have that ability, or is that a part of their uh, or a staple in their in their in their faith? I don't know. You know, I think well, that- um, the we know. The uh, oh god, the drown god is like that. What's dead, what's dead may never die, you know. And and <laughs> we see Sir Duncan, who's drowned, be brought back to life, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that's that's interesting. Yeah, that what's what's dead may never die. There, bringing him back to life. Yeah, I think the only true gods are the R'hllor, uh and the uh, the god of death, the great other. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I myself am a, a believer in the old gods, mm-hmm. we don't see, we don't see their power, uh, and and I think that any of the power that we do see is can be contributed to. Maybe that's the Lord of Light, and they're just interpreting it um, through the the werewoods. That could be just more magic. I don't think that's right. power. 
Same yeah. thing with the Drowned yeah. God. I don't think that one exists. The Light, the Seven, you know, I think that one doesn't exist either. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't see any special powers from them. The only tangible thing that we see is from the Lord of Light or the um, mm-hmm. you know the others. And then I, I yeah. think reading a, a situation through the flames mm-hmm. is yeah. also maybe him talking, um, you know, because other people can do it. If it's just something that Melisandre could do, sure, that's a parlor trick and, you know, you, you have me on that one. But mm-hmm. the fact that in the show, at least, the fact that uh, the hound the sees something in the flames, mm-hmm. I think yeah. is a huge um, yeah. is proof to show like, okay, this is real. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. some lady making it up. Right. Well, and also, was it is was it more show that where, where Varys kind of – talks about um hearing something or seeing something in the flames isn't he isn't he confronted by oh what is her name um the other red priest oh, priestess. yeah i can't remember her name but yeah he is yeah he's confronted by her in the show and um kind of talks about what maybe he saw in in the flames you know when they when he's you know when his balls were taken you know mm-hmm. so yeah, he's castrated yeah so <laughs> Huh. Okay. Good points. Yeah, I right. like that. I like okay, it a cool. lot. All right. Let's grab. Um. Let's grab. Uh. Is if Lady Joe is ready, I'm gonna grab her. Um. For this. So you are yeah. you're alive. Okay. Um. I don't have as much thought as far as whether uh the Lord of Light exists or not. Mm-hmm. Um. The one thing I find interesting is we don't actually know in the books whether or not John has actually died. Like, that's true. Yeah. Because the last chapter you see with him, he's basically just passing off into darkness, and there's mm-hmm. nothing more from him in, at the end of uh, the last book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's hard to say one way or the other. Uh, the fact that Melisande did bring him back in the TV show after he clearly died yeah. is definitely more than a parlor trick, in my opinion. Yeah, because we, I mean, we still have some proof with like Lady Stoneheart and... Uh... Barracked and Darien, but yeah, it's not. Where, it's, yeah, where they've suffered such grievous wounds that you definitely can tell they died. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, I want to read something here. We'll we'll keep her on, and yeah, I just yeah. want to get your opinion on this. So, a bannerman has no name, wasn't able to join us today, but um, has some comments and thoughts here. So, I'll read this real quick. Um, uh, just concerning the Lord of Light, uh, this deity is no more or less uh, real than any other deity slash deities um, in the story. Uh, each is as real as the person in question believes they are. Uh, he goes on to say that um, the original magicians that discovered and honed the skills that the Red Priest used uh, use needed a way to uh, add the uh, perception of strength and justification to their powers and lure followers to learn and spread the word. Uh, the Lord of Light was created to do this. Just like the original faceless men created the many-faced god to justify their killing and add mystery and fear to their secret society. If believing in any of these deities works for the person in question, then they are effectively real. Uh, the same can be said for the old gods, the seven, and so forth, but not uh, truly exist any more than the others. I just thought that was interesting. It's sort of like it is what you make it kind of thing. It's you know, right. if, you, if you believe in it or if it – if you're – gosh – I don't know if you're trying to justify something that you're doing, like you're this assassins, you know, society, you know, whatever, um, trying to, you know, create a God out right. of that. Just, I wanted to get, um, you know, thoughts on that, I guess, you know, 
uh, in my opinion, in, in regards to that part, is the belief a person has in a particular deity or pantheon of deities gives that mm -hmm. pantheon power. Mm -hmm. So believing in yeah. Raylar and uh, him giving you power, that basically you thinking he has power to begin with feeds his power to help you in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, doesn't Tyrion at one point make the comment about the oh the priest and the swordsman and the rich man or whatever and talking about you know wherever you believe the power is 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 you know it's when you're the asking power like, lies yeah, yeah kind of thing well we see yeah. it like yeah. it, it's like it's like what we see with um with Ned Stark right where where Cersei's like you think a piece of paper is going to protect you and like here's our new king right here and uh, so they're yeah. already ready to protect Joffrey even though that's the words of Robert Baratheon well Robert Baratheon is dead now so it doesn't really matter so even even mm -hmm. among even among men that 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 holds true. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like even the belief in this in the system of like uh, when you look at like when you're choosing a new king. So when we look at fire and blood and and whether right. they have great, great counsels to, to decide whether it should go to uh, one of the female, um, the eldest female daughter or should it go to the firstborn son, all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's, that's, why, a lot of that. that's why Magor the Cruel becomes uh, king, even though he there had, you go. had no yeah. right to be. Well, too bad taking it yeah. <laughs> try and stop me so yeah yeah okay so, yeah so Interesting. all right here okay okay cool um all right we're gonna move back move on to our next one here we want to grab somebody else or ezra uh yeah let's let's see if anybody wants to jump in um like sir peter or whatever even if we start to read the next one you want to jump in and make a comment there that's fine as we transition so we'll, we'll hop into the uh the prince who was promised <laughs> i kind of put these side by side here so no yeah that that's yeah that's that's uh yeah that's perfect go, go right ahead okay uh, uh who this is for i'll read this one this is from um uh lady shannon uh from ontario canada right she says uh, winter is here <laughs> up there i'm guessing so mm -hmm. uh happy sunday good sirs just stumbled upon the following theory about who azora high really is and the statement is made that uh, right out the gate, she says, Samuel Tarley is the prince who was promised. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, instead of John or Danny being Azora High, Samuel Tarley, of all people, could be the prince who was promised. Uh, the crux of the story suggests – or the theory suggests that Sam isn't actually a, uh, a Tarley but a Targaryen instead. Uh, born Aegon Targaryen, Sam was the son of uh, Rhaegar Targaryen and Elia Martell. Uh, believed by most to have been killed uh, by the mountain as a baby. However, some believe that Aegon was actually smuggled out of the city by Varys before he was before it was sacked uh, and sent to be raised by the Tarleys, a loyal family. In the books, it's young Griff who claims to be Aegon smuggled out of the city and raised far from home, but young Griff doesn't appear in the series. I think that means TV series, yeah. Sir Matt, I think. Yep. Okay. Uh, the original plan was for Varys... Uh, to raise Sam slash Aegon uh, to the throne, but uh, but when this didn't happen, Lord Tarly sent Sam to the Night's Watch, not from shame, but because Sam is not his son and he wanted his actual firstborn to inherit. If this is true, Sam has the same Targaryen blood in connection to Dragonstone, um, salt and smoke that Daenerys does. He may not have uh, woken any literal dragons but his knowledge of john's true parentage may wake john as a dragon by revealing to john that he's a targaryen that's interesting uh in addition to the more straightforward prophecy elements uh there have been 
some other hints throughout the series that there is more to Sam than first meets the eye. He's the first in the show to kill a White Walker and has survived. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, Sam the Slayer, uh, and has survived more encounters with them than many others. Uh, he has grown increasingly strong, capable, knowledgeable, and despite his size and treatment from the other uh, brothers of the Night's Watch, has proven himself to be a capable warrior, if not particularly mm-hmm. uh, gifted one. Wow. And now he has a steel sword, uh, one of few left in Westeros. He has yet to make a sacrifice um, or light that sword on fire, but given his love for Gilly, it's very possible that he will have to sacrifice her. That will be the final pri- uh, the final puzzle piece that gives him his magic sword and allows him to drive back the White Walkers. I am loving this visual mm. right now, by the way. Um, admittedly, Samuel Tarly being a Zora High is a, uh, a, big far-fetch- a bit far-fetched, but that doesn't mean it. Uh, it's without merit. Uh, Martin certainly has a thing for the underdog in the same way that he has raised uh, the abandoned Princess Daenerys, the illegitimate son of um, uh, son John, and the outcast dwarf Tyrion to become the leaders of uh, Game of Thrones. Making the bullied Sam a secret hero who would uh, would be a beautiful fit as well. Showing that uh, chubby nerd chubby nerds could be uh, could be the one to save the day is an appealing twist among stories uh, of strong and stunningly gorgeous warriors, and it would certainly be more satisfying than seeing someone like the Hound be revealed as a Zora Hot. Oh my gosh, that just upset Sir Matt like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, first, Sir Matt, can I get your thoughts on that? Um, like, uh, Well, I would, be, I, would be, I would be fine with it uh, as the idea of Sam. Of Sam being of Sam being uh, again, like I, I've said, uh-huh. I I would be I would I would I think I would like it more if it was somebody that was um, not like if it wasn't John or Daenerys, right? If it was uh, one of these other people, um, you know, like Jamie or you know the Hound or even Jorah Mormont or Sam, you know, I think it could be it could be kind of cool. Um, I don't think that Sam is. Azor High. Uh, I think it. Come would, on. <laughs> I like. No, I like it. Don't I like it. I, I don't. I don't think he is. I like it. To me, I, I think Sam is going to have some epic moment, though. I, to me, Sam is kind of like. Um, he's kind of like Neville Longbottom. If to yeah, Harry I Potter. knew you were going to say that. He's. he's yeah. To me, he he's like he's like Neville Longbottom to Jon Snow being Harry Potter, like the chosen one, right? Uh, where he's going to have some epic moment, right? Where he just, you know, like Neville does in the last Harry Potter book, where he just comes in and you know kills Nagini with. With with, yeah. a, with the sword, I yeah, I, would, yeah. I yeah I but I think Sam to me I I don't see Sam dying I don't I see him uh, like a lot of people at finishing with him writing it I think that'd be super cool so that's that's yeah. kind of where I'm at on it but I would be I would be fine with it if Sam was I I can I can and, you know at this point you can make an argument for just about anybody being Azor High and I think that uh, this definitely has some validity to the argument but uh, yeah yeah cool thanks, all yeah, right. Let's uh you want to get uh, maybe uh Sir Peter's thoughts maybe on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, absolutely. I'm going to unmute him here. Uh, oh, he's typing. Uh, let's make sure he's uh he's ready to go here. Oh. Oh, there. He's ready to go. Awesome. All right. You're live. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh as far as Sam being the prince of promise. Yeah. I think that's um I think it's a far fetch. Uh, I you know I think he is a Tarly. I I don't see any yeah. other evidence that would point to the contrary. Um, however, I think 
he will be a huge beacon of knowledge mm-hmm. going forward. Yep. Um, and that, I mean, in the show, it's showing that he's instrumental in helping uh, against the fight against that. He may be like a um, a, mace, a maester or an archmaester mm-hmm. in the future. In the books, I think I could see that happening. Um, yeah. I just don't agree with him being the prince of the silence because it just wouldn't make sense honestly, to switch, okay, if you're going to switch Aegon at birth and mm-hmm. then raise him with the Tarly, instead of sending him out, him out, instead of sending Aegon out with John Connington or John Con, who mm-hmm. was, you know, Rhaegar's most trusted uh, compadre, as they say, or, um, it, it, it just, it, it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't sit well with me. I mean, if he yeah. does end up becoming the Princess Thomas, okay, that'd be a curveball. That that would, right. you know, everybody'd be like, "Huh, where's coming from?" But right. I just don't, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't see it. I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, right, I, right. I think, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think even though there's there's a lot of stipulation about Young Griff, I actually think he's he's Aegon. Um, whether he lives going forward, that's a different question. But. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just don't see Samuel being uh, a child of Rhaegar and in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that, it would, it was, to go off your point, it would also be a lot, even at this point in the books, I feel like to kind of to, to turn it kind of around and make and make uh, Sam Azora high, you know, to me, it just would oh, be there. Yeah. I mean, if that's if that's the case, then that's why wins has taken so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, another point too, I like um, I like what Sir Peter's saying though. Just the idea that he could be what makes him awesome is that he he has this knowledge. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, you know, knowledge is power. He's who we would, we would turn to um, to figure out how do you defeat this individual. I know Bran is also going to be a big deal as well, but boy, I love the idea of of Sam. Uh, playing a huge role. And I'd also have to say, look at um, if he's Aegon Targaryen. I mean, wouldn't he be a little bit more, uh, you know, Dornish or mm-hmm. or Targaryen looking, you know, and just his hair color and stuff. I mean, he's got the jet black, you know, kind of uh, hair there, I think is how he's described. Right. Uh, dark hair, pale eyes is how he's described in the on the wiki. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All so. right. Our- all right, let's grab somebody else here. I'm thinking maybe Sir David the Huntsman here. Yeah. Yep. All right, Sir David, you're live on this one. Oh, well, I I, I love the thought of it. I think it's um, it's a neat <laughs> thought, but it's it's just not really. It wouldn't have been my line of thought, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I have a theory behind who that would be like in general Mm -hmm. because i mean to be honest i I, it's one of those things that's always went by the wayside for me yeah but you know if i were if i were thinking about it just honestly from a show standpoint because you know i love Mm -hmm. the show i love the books but i love the show right and the show has taught me to love one character above many and that's the hound wow and i just kind of i just kind of want to I don't know. I just kind of wanted to be the, you know, the, the beat up brute. Yeah. Troubled childhood. Just, you know, I think it'd be neat. It would give him more of a, 
more of an actual purpose than just being sort of again the beaten down brute killer guy mm-hmm. <laughs> right well and that's also his his history with fire right like his yeah like the whole fact that he was burned by fire if he had to say use fire to save like the world also, he's also someone who like hates he just kind of wants to do his own thing you know like he, you know i think that would be right. uh, that would be interesting right um yeah, well, I, Sir David, I have to ask you. I mean, so the idea of you know Samuel Tarley wielding—could you see him wielding a flaming sword? I mean, would that not just make your day? You know, I mean. Well, no. I, don't get me wrong; <laughs> it would be awesome. And you know, I, yeah. before Matt said it, I I instantly kind of popped that sort of uh, Neville Longbottom thing. Yeah. You know, just like if he just if he just you know, in the battle just somehow picks up a. Or his sword catches on fire. I don't know how it happens. Lightning bolt comes down, strikes it, pops into flame, whatever. <laughs> and he yeah. just sort of go- goes running through like Thor, Samir, and Pike. Uh-huh. Like he finally finds his courage type of deal. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty epic, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, all right, that's cool. Yeah, so I don't know. There's a lot of different candidates out there for the prince right. that was promised, and and uh, you know, and, and you look at that versus oh gosh, um, Azora High, the mixing of the two. I was just looking at the where that prophecy, uh, the prince that was yeah. promised, originated from. You know, um, so according to Melisandre, it's it's a you know, the prince was prophesied five thousand years ago. So, you know, uh, an Azora High interchangeably tends to be used as the name for you know. Uh, far more often so i don't know i've always it's it's so muddled you know as as to who there's so many options i feel like you know yeah like so, parker uh, here wrote in the doc the knight's king is azora high yeah yeah I that's mean, another that's another big big one too right the idea that he was like well he is slash was azora high um the, you know the and, first and, and yeah. it's kind of maybe it's like a rotating kind of a thing right like mm-hmm. yeah yeah very interesting so, all right, I think that one's pretty much, you know, uh, we're going to get the same sort of responses on that. And, I, you know, it, it, here's the thing. Lady Shannon does say that it is far, far-fetched, you know, but it's just kind of a fun Absolutely. fun thought, I think. Well, I yeah. mean, there's, there's a validity to it. I mean, it's not like there's not, you know, there's there's definitely validity to it. So, um, yeah. all right, this is actually a really good one here. Um, well, a lot of people have kind of commented on, on this one here. Um, I'm going to read right. it. This is one we have, I don't think we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. Lord Varys know who's John's uh who John's parents are? Good evening, mm-hmm. my lords. Uh who sent this to us? This is uh Silly Silius? The hedge knight, most likely uh, most likely yeah. when I catch yeah. up when I was still working on a name and stuff like that. Okay, perfect. Uh, my name is Silius yeah. from the lands of Wisconsin. Whew, cold there. Uh that's yeah. that's yeah, um <laughs> the land of the land of uh cheese and uh snow. Um, let me begin by saying I am fairly new to your podcast and I'm ages behind. I also haven't liked the Facebook page or listened ahead because I want to avoid spoilers from your podcast. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. However, I am plowing through them while I am at work and you are the first podcast I've ever listened to and love it. Well, thank you. Um, when you when you listen to this in, you know, like three months. Um, yeah. yeah. As, as I said before, I am behind on the podcast. Perhaps someone has already asked this question. Uh, and if that is the case, forgive my lack of knowledge. Again, we've talked about that before, too. Uh, oh, you can ask the same question all the time. We, we talk about who's who's a sore high about, you know, once a week. So, 
Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, and I never get tired of it. So yeah, right. Uh, my question for you two is this: Do you think Lord Varys knows of John's birth? Uh, once the idea popped in my head, I find it hard to believe that he didn't know about the marriage between Rhaegar and Lyanna at the and the and of the birth of John. Seeing as he seems to have some sort of plan for the good of the realm, who do you think he has, uh, or, or why do you think he has not mentioned this information? Uh, assuming he knows it, right now I'm at the point of your podcast where you're getting through the story. Uh, from the great people of your podcast and how they got into Game of Thrones. If you are still doing that, I'll gladly send you mine, but seeing as this Raven is already... Absolutely. Like, absolutely, yeah. We'll take those all the time. Uh, thank you for your time, uh, Silius. Uh, and then we have uh, some comments here for some people. Um, uh, Magdalene the Mage. Uh, ooh, interesting. I admit I have considered this myself and would have to say I have a hard time believing he wouldn't know. There always seemed to be uh, some leak in a plot, and Varys is a good at finding them. Someone has to see Leona pregnant and let Varys know. After that, I'm confident he could have put the t together the timeline, much like the fans did. What I wonder about is, if he does know, what does he plan to do with the information? And uh, Lord Adam Parker mm. commented here, and I'll, uh, we'll bring him on here uh, so we can talk yeah. about that comment. Yeah. Uh, but a bannerman has no name, uh, as we said, uh, wasn't, isn't able to join us today, said... Yeah. Um, Lord Varys and Jon Snow, uh, yes, I believe he knows the truth, whatever the honest truth is. Varys has the network to know it now. Uh, never doubted the knowledge of Lord Varys. He is a member of the Bravosi uh, Mafia, with the Faceless <laughs> Man and the Iron uh, Bank and others. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know, one of the things I want to I talk about here uh, real quick on that is I think Varys does know... Um, just because I think Varys is as, as a spy network, but I, I guess my question is, um, you know, he takes if it, let's say that um, Aegon is young Griff is Aegon, mm -hmm. you know, is it is it the Varys? Maybe he knows, but he doesn't know really what happened with Jon Snow. Maybe he just thinks all the, the you know, maybe she he thinks she died in childbirth. Maybe he doesn't know all the details because it seems like not a lot of details got out. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. of it. We just, you know, that's why, you know, Ned Stark has the, you know, Ned Stark with the lie of, of another thing. So maybe he doesn't know, right? Maybe, maybe Varys, yeah. maybe Varys knows they got together, but doesn't know that Jon Snow is um, his things. And maybe he'll put the two together um, later, later on. I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, okay. Yeah. If he does legitimately know that Jon is, is Rhaegar and Lyanna's um, thing, I, Maybe he would have moved sooner, or maybe he just kind of sits back and wait. Maybe he says, well, we've got young Griff here. Um, that would mm -hmm. be a harder one to prove. Um, you never know. So it's a great, great question, and it raises a lot of possibilities and questions and things um, mm -hmm. now that I have to kind of yeah. wrap my head around around it. So, yeah, so I'm going to bring on that Lord, yeah. Lord Adam Parker here uh, just because he wrote a big comment in the uh, in the thing, in the the uh, text, so I want to give him a chance to talk about that. So you're yeah. live. Yep. Well, now I want to change mine because yeah. <laughs> because I very good point. You know, I originally was thinking, um, you know, it seems likely that Varys would know about Rhaegar and Lyanna's secret marriage. Yeah, uh, he is the Lord of Whispers after all. Right. Um, it would actually kind of seem far fetched or, um, that Varys, you know, knows everyone's secrets and was on the king's court, but didn't know about the prince. Um, that would that would seem. Mm -hmm more unlikely that he mm -hmm. wouldn't know about Prince Rhaegar's dealings. So I think that he knew about the marriage. He knew about the affair. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who brought the, uh, who, who was in there um, at the time of the quote unquote kidnapping was Arthur Dane and 
so I think that people who know that Leanna was pregnant would be, mm-hmm. you know, Arthur Dane, Varys, of course. Yep. And then, then it kind of poses the question that you just mentioned of he knows Leanna was pregnant, but maybe he doesn't know who the baby is, where the baby is, because that postpart mm. became a secret. Um, yeah. You know, Jon Snow is a made up name, right? Mm-hmm. So he probably doesn't know yeah. that. But um, then I, I think Ned, Highland, Reed, Benjamin, and then, of course, the three eyed crow or the three eyed raven mm-hmm. also knows John's parentage. Yeah, that's interesting. I Here's my question for you, Lord Adam Park. Where, like, the. I'm thinking to myself when I first read this, where would. Like 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 when Rhaegar takes her, they they get together and like does he take her straight to the Tower of Joy or does he go somewhere else? Like how would when would Varys? I mean, obviously the, the kingdom knows that she's been taken by um, Rhaegar enough to the point where she's like they go you know to to confront the Mad King. Um, but I just wonder you know if at what point would he have maybe seen her? Would would Varys have had access you know uh, to her? You know, right. Well, who was the maester that annulled the marriage, and where did they get married? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, a great. Where, mm-hmm. Where's the Tower of Joy? And like, is just what didn't Rhaegar build the tower just for Leanna or something? Or like, you know, she's yeah, she's a a fairly important person, and like he's right. not going to just secretly marry her and bring her to some tower for her to be by herself and alone. Right. Um, I think the Tower of Joy is more of a, um, you know, a place type of thing. But, yeah. you know, we, we do have nine months of nine months of them traveling around, probably in, in Dorne, I'm assuming. Uh huh. Right? right. Or like right. where. Yeah, 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 yeah. Red Mountains of Dorne. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think Varys had to have known in that area. I wish there would be. Maybe we'll get it towards the end of the series of a more, mm-hmm. uh, more of a timeline because um, I've certainly worked on it and I don't have it in front of me. Of, um, yeah. I try to come up with a timeline of um, when exactly is this? Because you know, someone brought up the point of is John really Ned and Ashara's baby? But the John was born like three years or four years after um, the tournament at Harrenhal. And, okay. Um, and then he went off for war. Um, mm-hmm. I think she was, he, she was, our, or Leanna was, um, the, the battle took, uh, the rebellion, I guess, took a, a couple years too. So mm-hmm. I think he went off for war and I don't even think she was pregnant yet at that point mm-hmm. in time. Um, again, I'll, I'll have to look at more yeah. of my, my detailed timeline on it, but right. But to answer right. this question, you know, um, Rhaegar and Leanna were definitely running around. Varys definitely, his spy network, knows that they're running around. Maybe he knows she was pregnant. Maybe, uh, you know, to one of your points is he could put two and two together and say, you know what? She's a Stark of the North. Mm-hmm. Ned has a bastard. You know, many yeah. times people make comments on, you know, Ned Stark isn't like that. or That's not right. the Ned Stark way. I know Oberyn makes a comment on it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, who's another one recently? I think it was like, um, it was like Stannis. I think made a comment uh, in okay. the show at least when he meets John 
Um, yeah. I'm right, I'm right there in my rewatch. Gotcha. And he's just like, he's like the honorable Ned, like wouldn't do that. Like with a baby or I don't know if somebody else make, makes a comment, but regardless, yeah, it's made many, a lot. Many yeah. People can put the two together and certainly Varys, um, I think would know, you know, enough, hopefully about, right. um, but yeah, that's, Ned. yeah. And here, I got one more question for you. Like, cause I just, this just popped in my head and I'm thinking about this as, as you're, you're talking. Um, so, the whole bit with, uh, you know, Aegon being taken, young Griff and, and all of that, it's like, is he supporting, like, if he does know, you know, maybe about Jon Snow, he's put it together. Almost, you know, we, we've talked before about maybe there's a bunch of different conspirators, people who are helping protect Jon Snow, and maybe that's all arranged by a different group of people. And then Varys has, you know, Illyrio and, and others, John Connington to take care of, like, uh, you know, Aegon Targaryen. It's almost like it's a contingency plan or something. You know, right, I don't know. Right, right. Um, yeah, he, he seems like the type of person to have more than one, like a backup plan. Yeah. You know, okay. I think he talks about, what did he want to do? He wanted uh, Varys to um, rule, right? Come back mm -hmm. as the king. And they're saying that their plans got pushed forward and they weren't ready. Mm -hmm. um, their, their timeline that they're trying to do. Um, which I think in the show actually would be pretty cool is, um, so again, I'm, what I say? Season four, season five and rewatch, uh, Tyrion is in Illyrio's palace and Illyrio is not there, uh, with Tyrion and Varys. So, uh, I'm yeah. thinking like, what if Illyrio, uh, cause he's supposed to like be in with the golden company. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking in the TV. What if Illyrio is like in charge of the Golden Company and comes down for like quote Cersei? Okay. But really yeah. it's just a plant to kill all of Cersei's people and help win like the Golden Company's on the Targaryen side. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like that would be a cool show thing to do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. To do that. Yeah. Um, huh. Um, well, hey, we actually just, Maglum just hopped in here. Uh, oh, so. Perfect. And, and had a thought on on this, so let's let's see what um, let's get our, our warlock on here uh, if he's ready. Uh, we've got we're talking about you know does Lord Varys uh, know who Jon's well, parents first, are? First, I want to toss it over to uh, Shido Clan because he he raised his hand here. So yeah, I want to get him in here. First. Oh, good. So you're yeah. so you're, yeah, uh, Peter, you're you're live. All right, awesome. Um, I think he may have a suspicion, but mm -hmm. is he really going to openly? Uh, question the honorable Ned Stark. It's Ned Stark's hey, my baby. Right. You mm -hmm. know, we know Ned Stark's character. And it was questioned a lot throughout the series. Um, and there's a lot of contextual, just like, you know, of Ned being very protective over John's mother. I mean, which has, it, it alludes to, 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 you know, John's mother being Liana based off of how he felt about Liana and how he was pretty protective over her. Um, but I don't think John. I don't think Barry openly say like I think you're the son of Rhaegar and and uh, Lyanna. You know, mm -hmm. given the circumstances that Ned claiming this baby is his, um, I think Barris may have an idea that they have the baby, but does not know about the way. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's that, you know that's 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 what I'm thinking. Um, but when it comes to Lord Barris. Gotcha. Yeah, like he knows, you know, uh, as you say, yeah, 
knows about it, uh, can put two and two together like Lord Adam Parker is saying, but doesn't do anything with it or is unsure, you know, that they have yeah, they have a baby, but not really uh, its whereabouts. Because, I mean, he's not all-knowing. Varys, I mean, he knows quite a bit, but um, it may suspect a lot. But if they're in, I was thinking too, like his spy network you know, can only be in, I mean, he has a lot. He's got a, a huge net of, of resources and things, but like, uh, and it seems like the, the Tower of Joy is a place that might be pretty secluded, pretty secret, limited, you know, people who come and go through that area and stuff. So I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, and also one uh, yeah. uh, people that may possibly know. Uh, one name that wasn't mentioned was Barris and Thelmuth. He was on the Trident with Rhaegar. Uh-huh. Um, he, he was with Rhaegar um, at the time. Because um, remember, yeah. uh, there's a journey of Harrenhal, and then a year later, they decided to meet up, meaning they, meaning Rhaegar and Lyanna. And mm-hmm. then from there, that's where the alleged kidnapping happened. Yeah. Um, you, you know, Arthur Dane was there. Um, a, a couple of his closest uh, right. you know, guardsmen were there. But Barristan Selmy was also there. Um, mm-hmm. And Barristan Selmy, you know, just to kind of give you uh, hindsight, he talks about Rhaegar a little bit more, gives us an idea of who Rhaegar was. Like, Rhaegar was like the frequent brothels or anything. So mm-hmm. I was like, would, would this guy go ahead and kidnap a woman, or did they secretly run away and have Romeo and Drew, Julia? Oh, I'm sorry, Romeo and yeah. Juliet type of Romeo. Right. Which, you yeah. know, I, I think that's what happened. Yeah, um, yeah. But, does, you know, if there's anybody else who can probably, in the book, um, contest, attest to Jon Snow's uh, parentage, it would most likely be Holland Reed, who's yeah. alive, um, <clears throat> or Barristan Um uh, But, yeah, Bar- I think Barristan did know about Leanna because he said, uh, in I believe it was in A Dance of Dragons, mm-hmm. Rhaegar loved his lady Leanna, and many died for it. Mm. So, yeah, well, and I was... Go ahead, Sir Peter. Yeah. No, no, that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking too, you know, we've talked about uh, Barris and somebody being with him on the Trident, right, at the end. Um, you, know, you imagine there's a maybe conversation or discussion. If he, if he, if you think this might be your last battle or something's going on, you might tell one of your closest, well, you know, trusted, well, you, you know, I mean, um, knights. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, Arthur Dane knows, has, has to mm-hmm. know. So, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for maybe somebody like Barristan, you know, another Kingsguard member to know. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they're marching in the Trident to, like, like, any type of contingency plan that he might lay or give to Sir Barristan. Right. I mean, you know, he's, he's, um, so yeah, he also had the, the Prince of Dorne there and, right. and things and then, too. So, yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, the other, the other, the other Kingsguard. I mean, th- half the Kingsguard knows. Because you have mm-hmm. at least if if the other half doesn't, you know, because you have uh, High Tower and oh God, what's the other guy's name? Oswald went. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. went. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah pretty neat. Okay. Right so let's let's get uh, Maglum on here. Yeah. Maglum on here. So um, mute. All right, you are live, uh, Maglum. So. Yeah. Uh, hi. Can everyone hear me? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sound great. Funded. Oh, Thanks. Um. So. My thoughts on this whole thing is, I have to say, I think Varys probably knows because people don't seem to be able to keep secrets from Varys. Like, do I think Rhaegar might have been able to keep the secret? Maybe, because Rhaegar was smart and sneaky. If they were in King's Landing at all, Lyanna probably not because she's a 14-year-old. 14 at this time, I think? 14 or 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
she's not experienced. Like Tyrion couldn't keep any <laughs> <Right>. secret <laughs> more than a few. I don't think they would be able to keep their relationship secret. What I think they might have been able to keep secret though was the marriage, because I don't know. Assuming it happened, because it could be a showism. Yeah. Uh, that they got married on the Isle of Faces, and if yeah. Varys knows that they had a child, and if he knows it's John, but he doesn't know if he's a legitimate child in wedlock, uh -huh. he might just say, "Oh, he's a bastard." So he's potentially yeah. useful, but we can't prove legitimacy. Sure. So he can't play into the plans as well. So. Right. My wonder is like whether or not they'd actually he'd actually be able to do something with it. Whether he's got like some bigger plan for what he could do with John potentially, or if he's just kind of saying we'll let him not know. It complicates things less because we already got two Targaryens possibly, assuming yeah. young Griff in the mix here. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because because if if that's uh, a super secret, like a, an, an annulment and a marriage, if that is a, a, right. a showism. Yeah, I can see how he would say, well, we have a legitimate child that we could say we smuggled away. There's people to honorable men who could maybe, um, uh, you know, validate, you know, that he was smuggled out and, and what have you. So, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, OK, awesome. Yeah, let me let me see here. So uh, let's see. Does Lord Varys know his uh, Matt? Any other uh, Sir Matt, any other thoughts on on uh, um I guess just more uh, nope. there. No, that's it. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to. I'm I think ready. we've exhausted that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. go to. Oh, we got a couple left here. Um. Mm -hmm. So what are we on next? Will John ride a dragon? Uh, this is from Sir Douglas of the Burning River here. Yeah. Um. So my lords, since my last Raven, I started re reading while listening to the books, and currently. I'm about three-fourths of the way through A Clash of Kings. I'm sure this has been discussed before, but I am across uh, a passage that uh, caught my attention in er uh, one of the early cha uh, John chapters of A Clash of Kings. Since I am listening to the audiobooks, I don't know the exact quote or chapter, uh, but it's happened happened when John was with Commander Mormont after John's attempted uh, desertion. I am paraphrasing, but Commander Mormont says along the lines, uh, did you, did your horse have wings? John responds with no. That's a shame. We could have used something like that. Uh, I feel this is foreshadowing, mm -hmm. but John will ride one of the dragons over a wall and uh, in, fi in fire and blood. There was a story of the queen who couldn't, Queen Allison, right? We talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. But he, but he's, but since John is of ice and fire, he'll be able to take one of the dragons over the wall. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, Sir Douglas of the Burning River. Um, wow, is he from Cleveland or... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Bannerman has a name. Uh, he commented here. Uh, John rides a dragon. No, I do not see this being the case. If the three heads of the dragon does come to pass, it will be Danny and her fellow children of the Mad King. Um, he's saying, "Oh, Jamie and Cersei." And Cersei, yeah, yeah. With the, the three, the, that that um, thing here. We have Maglum and uh, Lord Adam Parker have commented here. Uh, so we'll uh, certainly give them give them a chance. Oh, we have somebody else in here too. Um, yeah, who all do we have? And a couple of people have jumped in. Um, I know Lady Liz has been just commenting in, in text, and Lady yeah, Liz, I want to get ready to, but I, to I, talk. Let us know. We can yeah, I definitely. I want to give um, uh, Lady Joe uh, Seagram here a chance to go. Yeah, um, just because I haven't heard from her in a bit. So um, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give her. You're live, so you give you a chance to kind of talk about this. Yeah. Um. Um. My thoughts on will John ride a dragon? Um. That is. Very likely in the show, since they are trying to twist, uh, trying to make it seem as though John is um, 
a Targaryen, and that's kind of one mm-hmm. of the things that the Targaryens are known for doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's mostly a toss-up between whether, in my opinion, whether he's going to get a chance to ride um, Rhaegal or going to maybe snatch uh, the Syrian back from the night. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Huh. I like well, since that. I believe Tyrion actually kind of was actually able to, like, pet Rhaegal, if I remember correctly, during uh, their time on Dragonstone. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Was he uh, in the show? Did Tyrion pet I Dragon? think so. It's, it's been a while since I've watched the last couple of seasons, so I don't remember. Uh, it, but that's I where he He unchains in, uh, God, where are they where he unchains them? Uh, Marine. Marine, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in Marine. Yeah. He, in Marine, he kind of unchains them and talks to them. I know that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and that may be, yeah, he's. He's, okay. he's approaching him. That says something in of itself that he he can get that close and you know, um, you know, be be able to, uh, you know, not get because uh, what's his name? Uh, Quentin, right? Uh, shows up and mm-hmm. tries to prove himself with the dragons and gets toasted. Right. Right. So right. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. All awesome. Right. Okay. Okay. I want to give. Um. I want to give. Uh. Uh, Magnum, I know he just joined us. I want to give him another shot. This is because he he made a he made a cool. Uh, he got some comments comment here, yeah, here. yeah. So, so you're live. Oh, hi again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was saying, do I think John could end up riding a dragon? Quite quite likely. I really wouldn't be surprised with it. It would mm-hmm. be a fairly natural part of the whole arc. I think they're sort of going for John, making him the big main hero and everything. Uh, but do I think he could control it? Would be another matter. Because Daenerys yeah. had trouble controlling Drogon at all, like when she books it out of out of Marine on him, uh-huh. and she'd raised Drogon. She'd like known him since he was like an absolute baby. Mm-hmm. John has never met the dragons much at all, yeah. In comparison, so mm-hmm. him being able to ride one, possibly, but him being able to control it and make it go somewhere it had never gone before, when Alisand couldn't make Silverwing, was that her dragon? Silverwing? Uh, yeah, yes. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, go north she, of the wall. Yeah, yeah, she couldn't make Silverwing do it, and she was, you know, height of Targaryen dragon dragon riders. She, yeah, she could make it do what she wants. I doubt he could when he's never had any experience with it before. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a uh, yeah. How yeah? How long does it take to to how to train your dragon? Right. Exactly. <laughs> huh? I never thought about that. Actually, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah, because you don't just hop on and they do whatever you want. Right, and doesn't um, Danny speak to her dragons in like High Valyrian and stuff to kind of like command them to, you know, um, I don't know, shoot fire and, and different yeah, things? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's yeah, Dracaris. Dracaris, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I didn't think about about that. And she's the mother of dragons, right? Yeah, as you say, she, you know, air quote birth to these dragons. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. Um, let's see what uh, we got. Lord, Lord Adam Parker, I think, has a comment too. We can hop him. Yeah. Uh, back on here real quick. Absolutely. And then I want to give Sir David the Huntsman a chance to, to talk about this one. So Lord Adam Parker yeah. is live. So yeah, you right. yeah, you have some comments on this one. Yes. Uh, I'm actually reading the part in the book now of the three heads of the dragon. Um, yeah. So it says, uh, the shapes of shadows, Morrow's not yet made. Drink from the cup of ice, drink from the cup of fire. Mother of dragons, child of three. Three, mm. she, she did not understand. Three heads has the dragon. 
the mm-hmm. ghost chorus yammered inside her skull with never a lip moving, never a breath stirring the still blue air, mother of dragons, child of storm. The whispers became a swirling song, three mm-hmm. fires you must light one for life, one for death and one for love, uh, one to love. Um, so that's where we first see the three heads of the dragon. Um, so interpreting this and I, I've, you know, highlighted this a million times and went over it back and forth to try to predict what Danny was going to do. So mm-hmm. I don't think in the book, at least, that anyone else has to ride the dragons. Uh, I think we get three heads of the dragon, and then over you know the last ten years since this book was written, I think it's been blown out of proportions. Of oh, that must mean there's yeah. three dragon rides, um, you know, because of Aegon and though they had three dragons, three dragon right. riders. Um, so I, I just don't see it that anyone else needs to ride the dragon, especially John. He doesn't need to ride it. Um, there's been a couple points, good points brought up that, that in the show. Maybe he'll ride a dragon. It would actually kind of make a little bit of sense, uh, especially because they're leading him to be a Targaryen. Targaryens have dragons type of thing. Um, right. But as far as the books go, I mean, I, I don't see it at all um, that anyone else uh, would ride a dragon other than her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that does. I mean, that goes back to Maglum's point, just that, you know, uh, if, she, if she has as much trouble as she does being the blood of the dragon and things, you know, um, I don't know, with controlling her dragons and stuff, it would be hard to see someone else, uh, you know, maybe bonding with them or being allowed to uh, get close to them. But we don't get even in Fire and Blood get a whole lot on how how long it took to, you know, learn how to ride a dragon, command a dragon right, and things right. like that. It's kind of a mystery. So. Right. We, yeah, with TV show magic, you could speed that up. You know, yeah. you could say, "Oh, yeah, John just learned because he's mm-hmm. skilled at everything." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, I don't see it happening. Well, yeah. we know that okay. we we know that um, from World of Ice and Fire and some of Son- I think Sons of the Dragon, right? Or what was the Rogue Prince, right? Where they try they during the Dance of Dragons, where they're trying to get more people dragon riders, right? And they just because like, well, some of these mm-hmm. people probably have Valyrian blood, and they talk about how difficult it was. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, even Maybe for, Tar- even for dies, Targaryens, they don't just open up to them. Mm-hmm. If Danny dies in the show, maybe like John will hop on Drogon and ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. with their baby. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Okay. All right, I want to give awesome. uh, I want to give Sir David the Huntsman a, a shot on this one. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard from him in a bit. So, Sir David, you're you're live. Well, I want to start by pretty smart cookie. I like what he was bringing up there. Yeah. I, I still think in the show, yeah, he will. Um, in the book, mm-hmm. I think it's less likely to happen. But there again, like, as much as some of the over stuff will translate between book and show, as well, that tends to happen when you have adaptations in movies. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, very, very simply put, uh, will he ride a dragon in the show? Definitely. Mm-hmm. We write it in the book. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. And I like what uh, Lord Adam Parker said, which is the, the, the magic of, of uh, the TV show, right? How you can sort of accelerate things along right. a little bit. And he did mention that that John was able to pet, you know, a dragon, right? Actually was able to touch him without, you know. I mean, Danny's there, but still, you know, that connection was was seen by last last season, so... Uh, yeah. All right, here. Um, okay, uh, let's go move to uh, one of our next 
uh, things here. We have, uh, what, two two left here? So I'll let you yeah. read this one, sir. Yeah, we have two left. And, and this one is really, I pulled this from the Facebook page. Um, and I know Lord Adam Parker has a lot of thoughts on this. He's been doing a lot of work on it. So I want to give him uh, a chance here to talk about it. And uh, Maglum's had some comments back and forth with, um, a bannerman has no name. It was one of the Facebook threads that I found really interesting. And then we'll finish with uh, Maglum's thought on thoughts on um, Lightbringer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the question here is: any thoughts on who buried the dragon glass at the fist of the first men, and why? Um, you know, why is it buried and located in this spot? Was this a, a place where they were making a stand back in the day? Uh, um, you know, the, even the name, the Fist of First Men, is is interesting. And, and so, you know, um, there was a big discussion about it when they come across it in the book. You know, um, what is its significance? Uh, right now, you know, in the show, we've got Sam, you know, learning about Dragonglass. And they're going to Dragonstone. And basically, uh, what, what are they doing? So, Matt, mining it? I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they find a large stash of yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see what Lord Adam Parker has to say here because there's a lot. A lot of good comments that he has, and I don't want to steal any of his his thunder here on this. So, all right, there you go. Go right ahead. First off, actually, in the rewatch, we just got to a Stannis mm-hmm. meeting up with those guys, and yeah. he sees the the obsidian dagger. Um, okay, I think who's showing it to him? It could be Sam, and yeah. he goes, uh, Lord "Stannis, uh, yeah, we have plenty of this on Dragonstone." Oh, does he? Okay, oh, yeah. No, he cool. blatantly says it right out, and my my wife kind of shot me a look, like, "Oh, like you, you, she, wow. she picked it out," and, and was like, "Oh, he he knows it's there." That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but awesome. anyway, so uh, back to who buried. Uh, I believe Benjamin Stark was digging in the crypts when he came back to Winterfell, and in a in a little while, I'll have a huge um, raven for you guys of what's in the crypts of Winterfell. It's pretty interesting sure. i've been putting together some some good stuff but good. i think benjamin stark was digging in the crypts when he came back to winterfell for the celebration during uh mm-hmm. king bobby b's trip up north <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it would have been very easy for benjamin to go unnoticed and slip away down into the crypts with all the excitement of the king and queen's visit and yeah. benjamin used this opportunity to retrieve the horn and then left a few days later with John, Tyrion, and a couple others returning back to the Wall. Right. And then almost immediately after their arrival at the Wall, Benjen went out on a ranging from which he never returned. Yeah. John wanted to go with him, but Ben told him not a chance. Uh, I think Benjen either definitely knew he was not coming back, or he knew there is a very good chance that he was not returning. Uh huh. And then I further believe that it was this ranging mission that. Benjen buried the horn of Jormon. He wrapped it in his knight's watch cloak along with uh, some of the dragon glass weapons. Because uh, later on, mm. Corrin Halfhand returns mm. from ranging uh, and says um, uh, to Mormont that Mant and the Free Folk have been um, the Free Folk have been yeah. digging holes in the snow all up in the mountain, searching for something. But you know what was what was that something? No, uh, the half hand didn't know what it was. The half hand requested, uh, demanded John actually join him yeah. uh, and his crew as they're looking for Mance to see if they could figure out what the what they were searching for. Yeah. And in the books, so uh, in the show, uh, Sam stumbles upon it right before right. he uses it. In the books, it was actually Ghost who found 
um, the, the, the bundle of dragon glass and the horn wrapped in the Night's mm-hmm. Watch cloak. And uh, when he and John were north of the wall, uh, when they yeah. were at the fist to the first Ben ghost, um, you know, being he- connected to the old gods, you know, definitely sniffed it out in the middle of the night. And John was like, hey, come back and just followed him. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also in the books, the bundle had only been buried for a couple of weeks or so, as John noted, that the cloak had not yet begun to pose. So it was huh. recently buried. So it's not something that was buried, you know, a thousand years ago or 5,000 years ago. Um, or else, I mean, unless it's just super cold and the coke was preserved, but yeah, you know, it probably would have been damaged. And he he made a comment that you know it was it looked fresh. Um, and then he brings the bundle back to Castle Black, cleans it up, hands out the arrowheads uh, mm-hmm. to a few friends. He gives the horn to Sam, uh, and he makes a knife for uh, the Lord Commander with the dragon glass blade. And then later. It's revealed that at some point John gives the broken horn a little toot, but no sound came out. And the horn, the horn of Jorman, um, is uh, is was cracked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. Then and Sam, okay. um, you know, it was a cracked. Uh, it was an old cracked horn, I guess. When uh, when John gave Sam the dragon glass cachet and one with the one with the bronze on it which was the metal they used at the time of the long night ended wow um yeah and then mans didn't find the horn that's what they're searching for Uh and then something led him to check the crypts of winterfell Uh, but by by then the horn was long gone having passed you know from benjamin to john to sam Mm -hmm. the slayer uh and then so that's why I was gonna say that's why just Mance disguised himself as Abel, uh, with the go uh, goal of digging in the crypts of Winterfell. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I got a question here. So as as you were you know uh, discussing there, did did then would uh, going off this line of thought here would when Benjen goes uh, on this ranging, and if it's if it's buried, you know, d- did he like notice? I guess. Uh, why? Why would I'm just thinking out loud here on on the spot. Why would he not turn it over to the Night's Watch? At was he trying to protect maybe the um, the free folk? You know uh, the the wildlings beyond the wall, or, or why bury it there? Or did he just have it and he went on his ranging, noticed that the um, that the others and the and the whites are really a big deal, and he's he's getting more information. And he's like, well. You know, maybe he's under attack and he has to stash it somewhere quickly and, and move on. I'm just kind of – any speculation on that? Yeah, I was thinking that um, a couple of things. Either maybe the three-eyed raven um, Oh yeah. would let him, like, took over his body uh, okay. as Bran – like, because we know Bran can do that. You know, he does it with – as he's – and he's not even trained at all. He can do it with um, Hodor. So – Definitely, Bran is going to be able to fully get into a normal—not uh, a simple-minded, but a normal-minded human. And so, either the Three-Eyed Raven did that and kind of controlled mm-hmm. Benjen to do this, or yeah. um, you know, Benjen just kind of had a feeling that you know maybe he told he could have told Halfhand something, but I, or or yeah. um, a ghost sniffed, like smelled. Um, uh, there you go, uh, Benjen's odor. Yeah, and yeah, like, oh, with, with the cloak, he's here. 
Um, mm-hmm. Why he did it, uh, I'm not sure. And I, I think we hopefully we'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, wow. and then I guess if, um, I guess if Cold Hands is Benjin, which I go back and forth, I'm thinking he is or not. If Cold Hands is Benjin, then we might figure it out. Or um, Cold Hands, I think, is like Duncan. Sort of Duncan the Tall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. But And then maybe they work together. Like maybe they knew something. You know, Benjin probably raided a few times. Maybe he did run into um, the Three-Eyed Raven or Children of the Forest or Cold Hands or, you know, maybe he had those conversations or, you know, maybe he's just very knowledgeable in, in a lot of this stuff. Um, so he had his reasons. I think we'll figure out what the reasons are. Um, but we just know what the actions were. Yeah, I gotcha. And it is interesting that it's some folks on the thread were talking about it being, you know, maybe first men, super old. But then, as you say, it's it's either preserved really well and there's it's in a crow's garment, you know, um, and it's in a black cloak, you know. So that's something right. I hadn't really yeah, thought right. about. It was, interesting. Fresh, it was like in a newer black cloak. It wasn't even hmm. know, someone didn't yeah. die there. Someone purposely buried it and it seemed like it was a recent uh, burial. Yeah, gotcha. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, Maglum, uh just wanted to remind everybody that I at one point called it the fisting of the first men. So let's just oh, that, was that, 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 that was me. That was me. Was that you? Yeah, that was okay. me. Called One it of that. us did. Yeah. I don't oh, think any of us Lord. had forgotten that. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. I, I tried. I tried to add in. Some, I tried to add in some flavor to the show every now and then. Lady Lady Jade messaged yeah. me the other day. I was talking about we were building a. We were trying to, we were talking about like, oh, we're trying to get everything set up for the show coming out, building the foundation of the show. You got to have the foundation set. And I said, before you can uh-huh. worry about the carpet matching the drapes. And she said she like literally spat coffee out of her nose or something like that. So, yeah, so, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, let's see if we can get um, uh, Sir Peter. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. we haven't uh, heard from him just a little bit. And and then we'll maybe we'll go to, um, yeah. as we transition to Maglum's. You know, Raven. We can yeah, have yeah, him yeah. get his so thoughts I got, too. I got, I got, I got uh, Sir Peter here. If you're, if you're ready. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, we uh, we moved on from the dragon. Well, let's let's uh, your thoughts on maybe just this. Uh, any thoughts on the dragon glass at the at the fist of the first men there? Any thoughts on on who the question was? You know, who buried it there? Um, and and maybe why? Uh, you know, as Lord Adam Parker was talking about, just that ghost had stumbled across it. Um. You know, it's this this stash of dragon glass that's there. Is it is it super ancient or is it more recent or um, any thoughts? Uh, could be either a the others <laughs> uh, because that's that 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 may be what could be there. I mean, they may have stumbled on it. Um, could have been okay. years ago. They might have they they might have hidden it or um, be the other the other group of people I can think of would be the mm-hmm. children of the forest. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, just to preserve it. It could be they might have hidden it to preserve it um, out of clean sight, uh, just in case, you know, for years to come, if a battle were to sue and sue, and they, they would need to provide the weapons or uh, perhaps show where the weapons are that would be able to, be, to, to defeat the uh, army of the dead. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, Sir Matt, should we yeah. hop in hop in, hop into the next one here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, all right here. So hey, this is the last one, isn't it? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unless, yeah, unless yeah, we'll I, get yeah, some yeah, final sure. thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, a thought on forging Lightbringer. Uh, this is from Maglum, so, so we'll toss it to him. Um, a thought on forging Lightbringer. According to Salador San, when Lightbringer was forged, Zorahai said to Nisa Nisa, bear your breast and know that I love you best of all in this world. I think this is this line is crucial. Uh, people often assume that for Lightbringer to be forged, that a person would have to kill their loved one. But that uh, may not be the case. They have to destroy, which means uh, that which they love most of all, or at least that is my interpretation. So, for example, Cersei or Catelyn would have to kill their children. Stannis would have to destroy his sense of order. Daenerys may have to kill her dragons. Um, Balon would have to kill himself. This is just an example <laughs> Yeah, uh, I take this uh, as a point in favor of the Night's Watch being Lightbringer. After all, what does Maester Aemon say? Uh, they take their vows so they will not love, uh, for love is the death or of duty. The men of the Night's Watch have already destroyed that which they love uh, in one way or another. So, yeah, let's toss yeah. it over to Maglum here uh, to kind of get this one going. All right, go ahead. Uh, hi again. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah, like just like how that lining there, it's to do with an emotional connection, the willingness to sacrifice in the name of the greater good, I think, is ultimately what it's meant to be. And that's why Salador says basically immediately after that, like, yeah, these they never talk about, like, how much it would suck to be a hero in these old stories. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think he's got a very wise life philosophy, honestly. <laughs> Just yeah. know, eat some nice grapes, have a good time. But, yeah, so, so the Night's Watch could be based on that if because that's the whole thing they give up everything in the sake of fighting the darkness there's also all those other little clues like the the sword in the darkness part of their vows mm -hmm. so i don't know i might be coming more i might be coming around on the theory more it's an interesting sort of thing yeah yeah that is i i, I like that the i i think uh, lord adam parker was also kind of uh, totally agreeing with you that the night's watch you know um being lightbringer is is really cool to think that it's not necessarily a person that you would have to you know kill but um this whatever it is that you love what is it that you hold most dear you know mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah i like that i like that let's uh let's see if we can get uh, just a couple other let's get lord adam parker back on here just because he had a he totally agrees um and i think you know yeah. that's because you know lightbringer is kind of a mystery hi yes yeah um, yeah, so I 100% think that uh, the Night's Watch is Lightbringer. Um, I've mentioned this before in a, another Raven that mm -hmm. I think it's like the, was it the New Gift, which is the, mm -hmm. the tree line. Um, I think they cut down a lot of the trees, and I think the wall is actually built with wood mm -hmm. and um ice oh it. yeah i remember so you I talking think, about this yeah yeah so i think what's going to happen ultimately is someone is going to be um the the azora high person be whoever it is going to be is going to be leading um it could even be like uh, one of the dragons is going to be leading um or you know some charge or whatever and then mm -hmm. i think they're going to light up the wall on fire and then yeah that is light bringer um mm -hmm. like the physical wall the the night's watch you know because they say they're the they're the they say they're the sword in the darkness mm -hmm. um you know yeah what other sword is in the darkness besides mm -hmm. a flame sword you know a red sword yeah, right. or whatever um and actually it's kind of funny reading through the 
Daenerys, Three Heads of the Dragon vision, she sees a king with blue eyes holding up a red sword that casts no shadow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, that's Stannis. But I think it's the Night King, maybe. Because um, also I like this theory that the Night King is actually Azor High, like the original one. And right. yeah. somehow hope he, you know, he's got like the light bringer, like the sword that's on fire type of thing. And then, um, but like light bringer is, is more um, theoretical. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not a real, it's not a real sword. It, it's just like a theoretical one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think that's a really good, good point. More of the, uh, yeah. As Magum says, you know, like a metaphor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty neat. Lightbringer, Lightbringer's always been. Um, I, I love Mister Amon's thoughts when he when he talks to Sam about the sword and how it's an empty glamour. You know, there's no right. heat, that kind of thing. And so it's all been hinted at that it's you know could be more than just a sword. It could be something else, and that you know the prophecies misread, all that type of thing. So really looking outside the box for more of the metaphor um, with the Night's Watch is a, is a great idea. Yeah. So. All right, I want to kind of toss it to some other yeah. people here. Um, just kind of the idea, yeah, the forging of Lightbringer. Um, so I'm thinking maybe uh, I'm gonna go Sir Green again if she's ready. Uh, boom, you're you're on here. Yeah, Lady Joe. Yeah, Lady Joe. Um, thoughts on Lightbringer. Um, I am not sure because that's like you have so many different swords running around in the first place. It's like hard to pinpoint which one could be Lightbringer if any uh-huh. of them actually are. Um, yeah. Or can I ask you a question? Is is Lightbringer something that, like, does it have to be a particular sword, or is it a sword that could be forged and made right. it's based kinda, upon yeah, like a like it's a power that you because some a, people believe it could be just like maybe there is a sword, um, you know, like see how Magum's was mentioning Lion's Tooth, <laughs> um, but but, but like, one that got thrown in the river back in the first book, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> forged in um, water, but yeah, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, so I don't know. I mean, or is it just like you have to go through that ritual, you know, and is it that I like the idea that the Night's Watch kind of goes through this oath and the ritual and it's more of a metaphor, but, you know, yeah. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. I just wanted to throw that nah, in. Nah, you're good. Um, I, could, I could definitely get behind the idea that something like the Night's Watch, something that's there to defend in the first place. Uh-huh. Is actually Lightbringer, and like it's a metaphorical sword instead of a literal sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it says I'm just pulling up on the wiki here. It says that it was also known as um, the Red Sword of Heroes. You know, and it's just it's such an old, you know, it Tales. goes with the Zora High and prophecy. Yeah, it's like it's like what was lost in the telling and 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 things. And that seems you know. Uh, Girl likes that. He he loves that things over time, the legends, you know, get kind of um oh they grow in the telling. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's pretty yeah that's pretty interesting. I, I think I'm more in the line that it's a person. Right? I like that I, okay. I I'm more in yeah. the line that, that Rhaegar I think is Azor High, Jon Snow is Lightbringer. I don't think it really matters. I don't think you know that's just kind of mm-hmm. where I'm at. Adam Parker. Yeah. Night, Night's Watch is one hundred percent Lightbringer, yeah. <laughs> well, and um, it's hard to say. Gur has whatever he has planned, and he's going to throw it at us when he's ready to, and probably throw every one of us for a loop. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you go on, uh, anyone who's interested can go on the um, Song of Ice and Fire wiki page, and you've got different theories in here, like Davos Seaworth, right? Literally mm-hmm. just people talking about him him possibly being, as Matt, as Sir, Sir Matt was saying, if it's a person, you know, um, more than it is a an actual object or or it's a group of people, like the Night's Watch. You've got that listed here, Dragonhorn, Dragons, uh, Dawn, the ancestral great sword of, of House Dane. Um, you know, Blackfire, the the sword wielded by Aegon, the first. So there's there's a lot of cool different uh, uh, theories here, but right, uh, Lion's right, Tooth right. is definitely at the top for me right <laughs> now. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, all right, cool. With, yeah, with Lion's Tooth, that was funny because it's like, when, I'm not sure which one was funnier, uh, Joffrey being uh, um losing his sword to a girl in the first place, or Robert's. <laughs> Being pissed, like you got, you lost your sword to a girl. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole scene was hilarious. Yeah, then Magum says, you know, she's doomed us all. She's doomed us all if she <laughs> tossed the sword that would, you know, be Lightbringer into the river. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, I want to grab somebody else here. Um, Sir David the Huntsman here, because I think this is our last one here. So we'll kind of give, yeah, we'll give a little bit of everybody here. So yeah, yeah. Sir David, you're live. Oh, wow. You came back to me one that I have, like, zero opinion on. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I would say hard pass. Yeah. I never really looked into it. I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in it. I don't know. I just had more interest in other stuff. So sorry, guys. That's that's okay. Sir, Sir David the Huntsman, you know, his house words are lets us down. Uh, you know that's that's okay. As, as I right as I mute him, that's okay. Um, oh, that's all right, funny. here. So let's that's yeah, funny. let's go. Let's uh, Lord, uh, Sir Peter here uh, on this one and kind of yeah. um, the forging of Lightbringer here. So you're you're live. I'm I'm gonna have to agree with uh, Lord Adam Parker um, about the Night's Watch. Um, right. I mean, I know in the past there's a lot of speculation of. Uh, let's say, you know, when people are speculating John or Azor High, um, he's going to plunge the sword into the heart of Daenerys and then from there, you know, uh, uh, bring out Lightbringer. Uh, I think the, the sacrifice is going to have to be the sacrificing Night's Watch. Um, that mm-hmm. may be the, the, the sacrifice in order to form um, Lightbringer. I mean, it may not be a literal, like, oh, you have to kill somebody, but it, it could be in a way of you have to love um in order to um to kind of proceed forward yeah yeah and and uh some folks have been saying on on just the uh the form of ice and fire that like air quote the wielder of lightbringer might simply be just that the person who commands the night's watch you know it could be that you know they're wielding this whole force that that would stand um you know against the the others and uh, I'm looking again back at their vows. And it's like, oh, yeah, I am the sword in the darkness, the watcher on the walls. I am the fire that burns against the cold, the light that brings the dawn. You know, um, so interesting. You know, thoughts there. And some of the prophecies, if you when you look on the Reddit threads and a form of ice and fire, talk a lot about just that uh, Quaith and and uh, the ghost of High Heart. That their prophecies are more symbolic, uh, very he- heavy and heavy in symbolism. Um, you know, so this, this could be one that is as well. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, um, Sir Matt, I think, uh, 
have we, I think we've circled through through yep. most everybody there. Yeah, I think we've had yeah um, talked to just about everybody. Oh, today, I know so. some of you weren't able to talk just because you're you're just listening and um, at, either at work or what have you or, or doing different things, and that's that's totally cool. We're glad that you were able to listen here with us and make some comments. You know, just in the uh, in in the, in the feed, it's it's helpful and it's uh, it makes it fun. You know, it got people going back and forth and just uh, some funny stuff there. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and as always, yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's always fun to get to talk to everybody, uh, get to talk about theories. I mean, Sir Ezra and I can, you know, ramble on forever. I know I can. So, um, it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Actually, I get to sit back, listen, kind of think what everyone's hear what everyone's saying, what everyone um, you know wants to talk about, and go. From yeah, there. it's great. Yeah, it, it it is really neat because you know, again, uh, Sir Matt and I often talk about where we're coming in our reading. You know, I'm doing right now. I'm doing the read through of a Feast of Dragons. Mm-hmm. And so my mind is is often, you know, in in um, uh, Feast of Crows and da- da- Dance of Dragons, and Sir Matt is is often in the histories and has been reading the Hedge Knight series uh, religiously day after day. Mm-hmm. Pretty <laughs> much, know, I've so. read it. I've read it like five times at this point. But yeah, uh, no, right yeah, but, right now I'm right now I'm actually kind of focusing on on my rewatch, getting gearing up for season eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's neat just to have different folks who have come in, you know where you're at in your research or what you're, you're tracking down. It's, it's a, it's a very unique thing. I don't think a lot of other podcasting groups are out there doing that. So that's why it's so cool. And it's so valuable to have you guys and your opinions uh, here on the show. It just means the world to us. So, Mm. Uh, all right. All right, guys. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for listening. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Sir and I, uh, there may be a a new trailer tonight, so stay, stay tuned for that. uh, If if that comes, so that may be posted before this gets posted. If there's another one or I I haven't figured that out entirely, but um, thank you all of our patrons uh, for joining us. We really, really appreciate it and really, really appreciate your support um, and uh, look forward to doing this. So we'll see you guys uh, next month. So, um, all right. Well, uh, in the words of, uh, you know, in the words of House uh, House HBO, a trailer is coming at, at, at some at some point. I uh, don't know when, but uh, so so uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks.